0: Of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Hello and welcome to episode 59. I am Mosh. So the other day I came up with a new name for the podcast, and I was feeling pretty good about it, but I decided to look up to see if anyone had the name because that's kind of important. I don't want to use a name that someone else already uses. And unfortunately, it turns out that someone already has the name. And guess what they do? They talk about video games and music. So I was definitely on the right path. But uh, I mean, I can't use the name. I'm not going to say what the name was, but uh, I just got to go back to uh, thinking. Got to think some more. And of course, Valentine's Day just passed. You know, the thing about Valentine's Day is it's also Arizona's birthday, which is a beautiful thing. I mean, you have people outside celebrating. They're flooding the streets. There's parades. There's churros flying everywhere. It's quite an event. Anyhoozles, let's just get right into gaming. So Ubisoft has confirmed that Rainbow Six Siege will be ready for the launch of the PS5 and Xbox Series X. It says, Rainbow Six Siege will be available to play on the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X consoles as soon as they launch. On top of that, cross-generation multiplayer will be supported, meaning next-gen console buyers will be able to play the game with friends that own current generations, PS4s, and Xbox Ones. So that's pretty cool. And then game director at Ubisoft, Leroy Athanasoff, I don't know how to say his name, he said that he can't give out a date because the release dates of the consoles haven't been revealed. (laughs) Duh. So he says he can't give it the date, but he says what I can tell you is that we are going to be on PS5 and Xbox Series X at launch. He also said that this version of Rainbow Six Siege will be the same version that PC players are playing right now. What we want from this game is that we never, never, never split our community. We want to be on as many platforms as possible. We would love to be fully cross-play, have Xbox players matchmake against PlayStation players, Again, this is more a discussion between Microsoft and Sony. Uh, it's really not, though, because both of them are on board of crossplay. So, nice excuse there, Leroy. Get to work, get on it, and do what you need to do. With all that said, PC cross platform play sounds like a non starter, even though everyone will be playing the same game. I don't think there will ever be console crossplay with PC. For all the Siege players thinking about getting next gen, you can play it right away. And play with your buddies who are on current gen right now. And then possibly cross-play with other platforms in the future. They're really supporting Siege. I mean, Siege is still big. Still popular. Still doing its thing. Gotta respect it. So, previously, I talked about how Japan could see a shortage in the Nintendo Switch console. Because of the coronavirus outbreak in China. And it could hurt the production. And then it said that it could affect other parts of the world, well, now they're saying it will. Nintendo is likely to struggle to supply sufficient Switch consoles to its US and European markets as soon as April due to a production bottleneck caused by the coronavirus outbreak. Limited component supply coming out of China is affecting output at a Nintendo assembly in Vietnam, which the gaming giant primarily uses to build consoles for the US. Shortage of components this month would affect Switch units scheduled for arrival in April, after existing inventory and current shipments of the console have sold through. The potential slowdown would deal a blow to the Kyoto-based company, which is preparing to release a major new installment in the Animal Crossing franchise on March 20th. Nintendo apologized earlier this month when it announced that Switch hardware and accessory shipments to Japan would be constrained by a virus-imposed production shutdown in China. Those products are now out of stock across many Japanese retailers. Switch shipments arriving into the U.S. in February and March won't pose any issue because they've already been dispatched from Asia. But difficulty may arise with accumulating enough units for the boats departing later this month or next, which would be arriving in the U.S. in April. The U.S. is the company's biggest market, accounting for 43% of its core business, while Europe and Japan account for 27% and 21% respectively. So there you go on that. Might see some shortages and switches in the next couple of months. And then beyond that, who knows? Who knows what this virus is going to do? I mean, if you're going to die from the coronavirus, might as well die going down playing some Splatoon, right? Speaking of stupid games, uh, the Dice Awards happened and they revealed the game of the year. And that game was Untitled Goose Game. Huh? Your game of the year was Untitled Goose Game? Really? Sakura, Resident Evil 2, Control, Outer Worlds, Outer Wilds. Disco Elysium, Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts 3, Death Stranding, and your game of the year went to some meme game. Like It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And really, game of the year of 2019 was Anthem. Anthem got robbed because of a goose. Next up, we have E3 2020 in shambles. So Jeff Keighley has announced that he will not be attending E3 for the first time ever. In a statement, he said, For the past 25 years, I have attended every electronic entertainment expo. Covering, hosting, and sharing E3 has always been a highlight of my year, not to mention a defining part of my career. I've debated what to say about E3 2020. While I want to support the developers who will showcase their work, I also need to be open and honest with you, the fans, about precisely what to expect from me. I have made the difficult decision to decline to produce E3 Coliseum. For the first time in 25 years, I will not be participating in E3. I look forward to supporting the industry in other ways and at other events in the future. He then replied to someone on Twitter who asked what fueled their decision to not participate and he said, A ton of factors. I just don't really feel comfortable participating given what I know about the show as of today. So to see someone that's so involved in the industry for a long time dip is interesting. One of the biggest companies has dipped for two years in a row. You had the whole leak last year of people's personal information, which is a big deal. And then E3 just not knowing what they want to be. Do you want to invite the public in? Do you want it to be a public thing? Do you want just people in the industry to be there? It doesn't know what it wants. The people don't know what it wants. it's just gonna be weird like every year i look forward to e3 but this year i i almost just don't even care the only thing slightly keeping me interested is all the next gen stuff but if next gen wasn't happening this year i really wouldn't care and i think that's the only reason anyone is going to tune into e3 this year is simply for the next gen stuff we'll see what happens in 2021 though because if playstation doesn't show up again (laughs) for the third year in a row and other people start leaving too. Mm-hmm. So last week I talked about the newest season for Call of Duty Modern Warfare and I said I don't know what's happening with the Battle Royale mode because it was supposed to happen earlier this year and there's been no mention of it. Well, right after that podcast went up, words started circulating. The update went out, there was like a new screen that said classified, then some leaks started happening. Apparently it will be called Warzone. Not sure when it comes out. At the end of the newest Seasons trailer, you can see people jumping out of the back of a plane. So that's very Battle Royale-like. So yeah, we don't know when it comes out. We don't know what it has to offer. There were some leaks a little while back. But we cannot confirm or deny if they are true. Because we have not seen the mode yet. So it looks like Battle royales come back to cut very soon. Whoop-dee-doo. There's really not, uh, I mean, there was a big Battle Royale craze these last few years, but it's kind of died down a bit. I mean, the only Battle Royale games that are still popular that I can think of would be Fortnite, PUBG, which is still popular. It's definitely kind of like calmed down. When PUBG first came out, it was, you know, the talk of the town, but it's still popular. Oh, and then uh, Apex, Apex Legends. So Fortnite, PUBG, and Apex, pretty much the big dogs. You know, Call of Duty will enter the mix. Which I'm sure will be just so much fun. I mean, you die so quickly in Modern Warfare. Whew. Can't wait to see what this mode offers. Buying Modern Warfare was a mistake. I honestly regret doing that. I'm an idiot. Not seeing people that bought the game are idiots. If you enjoy the game, great. I don't. Therefore, I'm an idiot. All I ask is for one thing from Activision. Just remaster Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops 1, and Black Ops 2. That's it. That's it. That's all I want. That's all I ask. You can do whatever you want. But just bring those games back. Please. I beg you. I don't want a new Treyarch game. Just have them remaster Black Ops 1 and Black Ops 2. I would be the happiest person. Just two remasters. Bundle them together. Everyone's having a great time. Black Ops 2 is the greatest Call of Duty multiplayer to ever exist. And honestly, it's not really even an opinion anymore. It's just straight up fact. I'm just going to put it out there. It's a fact. And if anyone wants to argue about it, let me know. But if those games do come back, don't add any nonsense to them. Like, that's what what was wrong with Call of Duty 4 coming back. You added supply drops and extra stuff that just didn't need to be in there. Don't do that. Just leave the games how they are. They were great because of how they were. Also, Call of Duty 4, the remaster, didn't even feel like the original. It felt different. And that's kind of my fear, is if they do other remasters, it's not going to feel the same. I want it to feel the same. Everybody else wants it to feel the same. Honestly, just repackage the game and resell it. I don't even care about updated graphics. I really don't. Like I played Black Ops 2 up until last year. I don't think I played it at all last year. So up until 2018, and it's still good. Everything was fine. Getting matches, doing well in matches, never once complained about the graphics. But if they bring back Modern Warfare 2, you gotta remove noob tubes. You gotta remove the noob tubes, or remove one-man army. Something's gotta be done. Or you just can't pair the two together. I don't know. But that has to be addressed. You can't just let that slip by again. But that just shows how much I care about this Battle Royale mode is that I'm more worried and thinking more about uh, games that don't exist, remasters that don't exist right now. So, woo. Yay, Battle Royale. All right, it's that time of the month, the best-selling games of the previous month, this time for January 2020. Number 20, it's Pokemon Shield. 19, Mortal Kombat 11. 18, Just Dance 2020. 17, FIFA 20. 16, Need for Speed Heat, 15, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, 14, now this is a shocker, I don't know what happened to get this game back on the list, but something happened, Star Wars Battlefront 2, huh, didn't that game come out in like, 2017, 2017, 2018? It's at least a couple years old, and bam, it's back on the list, is a new DLC out or something, new update? Maybe it was on sale, a really good sale one, I don't know, but it's back on the list for some reason. 13, Luigi's Mansion 3, 12, Pokemon Sword, 11, Minecraft, 10, Red Dead Redemption 2, 9, Ring Fit Adventure, 8, Mario Kart 8, 7, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, 6, NBA 2K20, 5, Grand Theft Auto 5, 4, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, 3, Madden NFL 20. Oh, you know what? I bet Battlefront 2 is back on the list because the new Star Wars movie came out in December. Maybe it got people really hyped up, so they were looking for Star Wars games, and they saw fallen Order and they're like, that's cool. But where's the multiplayer at? So then they go to Battlefront 2. Maybe that's why it's on the list. Anyway, number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So it is not number one. What game? Took down Call of Duty. Anime fans have come together and united for the greater good of weird cartoons. The number one best selling game of January was Dragon Ball Z Carrot. Okay, moving on to music. So I just want to give a quick shout out to some people. Parkway Drive did a GoFundMe to raise money for the Australian fires, because they're from Australia. I think they raised around a hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars. Their label Epitaph Records threw in twenty five thousand. Asking Alexandria threw in ten thousand. Which I thought was interesting because I didn't know or I don't know if they really know each other that well. Like I can't think of any tours they've been on together or what. So maybe they just did that out of the kindness of their heart. But anyway, they gave ten thousand. And then Parkway Drive themselves gave 50000 And I just thought that was really nice for all of them to do that. It might just be because a lot of the members of Asking Alexandria live here now. So maybe they just feel like, you know, kindness. They're just like good people now. That's what happens when you live here. I don't know if the whole band lives here, but I know at least three of them do. And you might just run into the, like maybe you go to the grocery store, you bump into them. Hey, how's it going? You doing well? Cool. That's just how it is. A lot of people live here now, probably because they're getting with the program. They're like, hey, everything I can do in California, I can just do in Arizona, and it's cheaper to live there. Huh, that's a big brain move. Houses are like, seriously, half the price. A million dollar home in California would be 500000 here. $600,000 home, 300000 here. It just makes sense. Why would you not live here? You know? Just think about it. Celebrate our birthday. Churros everywhere. Cheaper to live here. Cougars. Of both kinds animals, women. Pick your poison. Anyway, Ocean Grove released a new song. <laughs> uh. Ocean Grove released a new song called Neo, and I like it. So the bass player and the vocalist switched spots on this song. Well, the vocalist now used to be the bass player, and he would sing, like, the choruses. And then when the screamer vocalist left, he went full-time vocalist, and then they brought in another guy to play bass, and now that bass guy sings on this song, and then the singer, who was the original bassist, now plays bass on this song. (laughs) Confused yet? Good. It's a pretty short song, I don't even think it's two minutes long, I think it's a little less than that. And the chorus reminds me, like there's an effect on his voice in the chorus that reminds me of... A genre of music that I cannot remember the name of, which is great. One of these days, I will explain why I have such a hard time remembering things, and such a hard time describing things. I've been hit in the head a few times, okay? And it's definitely had an effect. On my brain. Actually, I could probably dedicate an entire podcast episode just talking about like injuries and stupid things that I've done, but that's for another time. Whatever, if I can remember the name of the genre, I will mention it some other time. But some leaks happened, and the leak is the release date of this album, which is apparently March 13th, which is less than a month from now, but it hasn't been officially announced. And this leak has come from some reliable sources, so that's why I'm kind of leaning towards it being real. The confusing thing is, like I said, it's less than a month away, and if it hasn't been officially announced, like what's going on? Because you have to get the pre-orders ready, and if there's shirts that need to be made, and posters, you know, whatever whatever pre-order bundles you got going on. You gotta get all that ready to go and shipped out on time, hopefully on time. I mean, pre-orders can be hit or miss. I mean, I've done quite a few pre-orders in the past and I've had some come early, I've had some come the day of release, and I've had some come after release. The best one that I did, though, was a Trivium pre-order where they sent me two. (laughs) It was a bundle for the album, a shirt, and a poster. And they just sent me two orders, and then they sent an email, and they were like, oops, we didn't mean to do that, but you can just keep it anyway, so. I haven't even opened the other one yet. It's still sitting here. Mint condition. I don't know what to do with it. Maybe a giveaway. Nah, I don't know. I'll probably keep the shirt, though, because I've worn the other shirt a lot, and it's kind of fading, so I might just replace it with the other one. You know, shirts kind of fade here, so if it really does release on March 13th, they kind of have to announce this, like soon (laughs) like this week soon the only other thing I can think of is maybe this was supposed to be a surprise release and they were just going to drop it without telling anyone and then this leak ruined that but knowing my luck the second this podcast goes live they will officially announce it I've been waiting so long for this though the first single came out on February 5th of last year so I've been waiting a year for this stupid release date So hopefully it is true, and we're only a few weeks away, because I've been looking forward to this album for a long time. Everyone needs to listen to this band. They need to get bigger. They don't really tour much outside of Australia, because they're just not big enough. They're not big enough to do their own headlining thing outside of Australia. They have to be a support act, and not many bands really take them out, because they're not really big enough, and a lot of people just don't know about them. So listen to them, support them, get them bigger let them tour the states and other parts of the world and then uh, everyone's happy then this past friday dealer decided to surprise drop a new ep which is really good it hits so that's nice i was eating pizza while i listened to it and i gave my pizza a nice left hook pizza sauce everywhere walls ceiling on the dog you name it it's there took a while to clean it up but it was worth it i hope these dudes release an album soon they have two eps out one last year and then this new one called saint if you put them together it's 10 songs total so it's basically like an album on its own well not on its own if you put them together it's they need their own album on its own you have two eps let's get the album going okay that's what i'm trying to say if you put the eps together it's like an album let's get like a real album together okay great i was thinking about naming the podcast that just the okay great podcast but that's probably taken too then we have a bunch of summer tours going on. Megadeth, of God, Trivium, In Flames. Tickets on sale right now. Get on that. Deftones, Gojira, Poppy. Tickets on sale. Get on that. Slipknot, Date to Remember, Code Orange. Tickets on sale. Get on that. Rage Against the Machine. Tickets on sale. Get on that. Summer is filled with shows. So get on that. Tickets on sale now. Hashtag not sponsored. Just showing love. And people got to remember that there are multiple legs to tours, like the Slipknot one is short, and it's kind of on the east and a little bit in the south, because that's the first leg of the tour, and then soon they will announce the second leg of it, which will probably have different support acts, and then they will hit the west. That's kind of how it works. Because I saw someone saying something the other day, it didn't have to do with any of the shows I just said, but they were like, that's what it's like living in Arizona, no one ever comes here. It's like, What? Bands and artists come here all the time. Phoenix is the fifth largest city in the US. We're a big market. You just gotta pay attention. It's kinda interesting looking at the population sizes of some of these cities in the US. Like one of our cities, Mesa, is bigger. Well, Tucson's bigger than Mesa, so you can count for Tucson as well, but Mesa's like, it's bigger than Atlanta, New Orleans, Kansas City, Sacramento. One of our dinky little cities is bigger than the capital of California. What's up with that, and in unsurprising news, Ozzy Osbourne has canceled his summer tour. So, last year the tour was supposed to happen and it got canceled because of health issues. So, they rescheduled it for this year and it just got canceled again for health issues. So, like I've been saying these past few weeks, he needs to just stop touring and retire. It's not getting any better, and he's not getting any younger. Just call it a day, dude. His new album, and quite possibly his last album, will be released this Friday. Along with The Word Alive's new album, and Polaris' new album, and Currents are releasing a new song on Friday as well. So Friday is stacked. And just to round the music segment out, we have a few deaths. Reed Mullen, the drummer of Corrosion of Conformity. Sean Reiner, formerly of Deaf and Cynic. And then Diego Farias, the guitar player of Volumes. It's from a few weeks ago. I was a little late on this. And people need to stop dying. Because the year is still pretty early. And we've been hit with quite a few deaths already. So 2020 is going to be a grim year. Alright, it's time for my weekly pick of the week. So this week, I am recommending a song from a band called The Birthday Massacre. The song is called The Sky Will Turn. It's their newest song, and their new album comes out on... My birthday. Okay. March 27th. Cool. So it's a pretty good song. It has like an 80s sound to it, but modern with a touch of goth. It's like goth wave. Is Gothwave a thing? Let's make it a thing. I'll put a link to that song in the description. And I'll also put a link to one of their other songs that I like called Red Stars. I haven't listened to a lot of their stuff. I haven't listened to any of their albums in full. So I need to do that. I need to check them out because these songs are really good. So I need to see what else they have to offer. But yeah, that is my pick this week. And now it's time for the weed story of the week. Oh, you already know where I'm going. A Florida man undergoing kidney dialysis three times a week is upset that he is not allowed to bring a life-sized cardboard cutout of Donald Trump to sessions for emotional support. Nelson Gibson, that's his name by the way. And quite honestly, let's just pull the plug, you know? He told a local television station his family cannot sit with him during his three and a half hour treatments. In their absence, he began bringing a picture of Trump as a comfort item. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Where do I even start with that? You look at a picture of Donald Trump and that comforts you? Like all your stress just goes away looking at that 2 toned skin? Ooh, Donald. It just feels like bringing something from home to make you comfortable. Gibson said no one complained. Next, he started bringing a small cardboard cutout of himself standing next to a photo of Trump. No one complained, he said, adding that some people even took photos with him. Last Saturday, Gibson took a life-sized cutout of Trump to his treatment at Fresenius Kidney Care in Port St. Lucie. Again, he said, no one took issue, but when he returned on Tuesday for treatment with the presidential cutout, he said, he ran into a roadblock. They told me it was too much and it wasn't a rally. Gibson's son contacted officials at the facility to find out what the problem was. It was supposed to be an issue of safety infectious disease, which made no sense, Eric Gibson, son of Nelson Gibson, said." Okay can we go back to that sentence though because that didn't even make sense. It was supposed to be an issue of safety infectious disease. Issue of safety infectious That makes no sense. You make no sense, Eric Gibson. Pull the plug. Let's just eradicate the whole Gibson family at this point. The Gibson family say they feel singled out since the center typically encourages patients to bring emotional support items. Gibson said another patient brings in bubble wrap and pops it during her treatment, which he finds irritating. Eric Gibson, son of Nelson Gibson, said, What I would really like to happen is for them to not infringe upon my father's freedom of expression and speech and allow him to bring in the life-size cardboard cutout that takes up less service area than a garbage can, dude. I added the dude, he didn't say that. Well, instead of taking up two spaces, a cardboard cutout space and a garbage can space, you can actually combine them and put the cardboard cutout in the garbage can, okay? (laughs) You ever think about that one, Eric? Son of Nelson, in a statement, Vicenius Kidney Care Spokesman Brad Puffer said, (laughs) why does everyone have such cool last names? Brad Puffer? Matt Booty? At least his last name's not Fluffer. That'd be a whole different story. While we cannot discuss any specific individual, we strongly support the ability of all our patients to express their views, which includes bringing reasonably sized items into our dialysis centers, that do not create safety or infection control issues or interfere with caregivers on the treatment floor. The family said they were not sure when Gibson would return for treatment. Okay, have fun dying then. Anyway, that's going to be it for me this week. Thank you for listening. You already know the drill. Links in the description. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn if you want to listen on those services. Links to my Twitter, Twitch, and Discord in the description as well. And as always...